0: And welcome back to the BBC Philosophy Hour. (laughs) On today's edition, we are talking about the semiotics of Blackpink, (laughs) where we will be looking into the (laughs) deep symbolism behind their music video for their seminal hit, (laughs) Doo-Doo-Doo-Doo. First... We must discuss the diamond-plated, Gucci-branded tank that Jenny rides in on, and ask ourselves, what does it really mean? Is it a symbol of cultural imperialism and the way that (laughs) brands have literally invaded our lives? Next, we're going to talk about Lisa and her (laughs) her scenes in the science lab, particularly... Why is she wielding a toy biong hammer? Is it in fact a symbol of the inability of science communicators to effectively communicate to the masses which is particularly relevant in our age of coronavirus? All that and more on BBC Radio.
1: (laughs) 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 Joke's on you. They're all just sexual symbols in my opinion. (laughs) My yeah. humble opinion. <laughs> Why is she riding it? Why is she riding the tank? Hmm?
0: Hm? Because K-pop stars are used as vehicles for which to invade our lives by these said brands. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... Didn't think I'd have that one in my back pocket, did you?
1: I just didn't want you to. More, more, more. being honest like i just trying to get ready you know for hot girl summer definitely gonna play some black pink for that and
0: i mean i think you mean white boy summer
1: okay chet hanks um first i have a question and this is for tom hanks and tom hanks only um (laughs) (laughs) have you heard of this nifty little thing called abortion (laughs) because i think maybe you should have looked into it and if ever we do invent or there comes to light a time machine, I'm just saying, think of it as an option.
0: Ah, oh, great movie idea. The Time Traveler's Abortion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> time Traveler. The sequel to
0: The Time Traveler's Wife.
1: <laughs> that would be so fun to have a time traveling abortion clinic.
0: That would be wild.
1: Um,. You would wreak so much havoc on the world.
0: (laughs) I mean, it would inevitably devolve into the exact story that everyone's been arguing about for the past 50 years of, would you abort Baby Hitler? (laughs) And we can definitively answer with that show, probably yes.
1: I mean, yeah. (laughs) Like, what's the harm? But I honestly, maybe me too. I didn't ask to be here. I'm just here now. So,
0: who's to say? Who's to say? But that would always but that would create the paradoxical question of if you are running a time traveling abortion clinic and then you aborted yourself, would you have ever grandfather paradoxed?
1: No, I can't think about that today. <laughs> I <laughs> I am not medicated enough to think
0: about that today. Well, then I wouldn't recommend watching the Christopher Nolan movie Tenet, because it's like 99%. Well, what if we just accidentally undo everything? And then it's like Grandfather Paradox 10.
1: Um, this might come as a surprise to you, but it was not on my top 10 movies to watch. So
0: It also makes absolutely not a lick of goddamn sense. <laughs> Why, if you're going backwards through time... When a car explodes on you, do you get hypothermia? What is happening? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. That's not science, right? That's, no.
0: No. Also, apparently normal air doesn't work for you when you're going backwards through time. So you need to bring your own oxygen source. <laughs> it <laughs> makes, not a, makes not a lick of sense.
1: But aren't you going like faster than the speed of light? hypothetically so like
0: no you just go into a machine and then suddenly you start going backwards through time but which they do they're, they're, there's some interesting things in that movie where it's like it, there's a machine and it's got two sides and the, like one of the big things is like if you are about to go into that machine and you don't see yourself coming out the other side already don't go into it now because you're never coming back
1: <laughs> <laughs> i mm, no i don't like that I can say, I can say that confidently. I do not like, I won't watch that movie. It'd probably be better for my own mental health and everybody around me, to be honest, for me not to watch that movie.
0: It's like Inception, but minus the fun.
1: I loved In- 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 Inception. I loved Inception. Um, except for at the end, I was so angry. <laughs> I was so angry because I'm like, now I'm going to have to watch this whole goddamn movie again. Cause I don't know. Like, did it, did it, like, did it, did it fall? Like what's happening
0: <laughs> I well that's the thing is I I'm not interested in that. I think it's fine. Mm. But like the thing that made Inception work, that made Tenet not work, is it like all like Christopher Nolan, all his original movies are basically weird sci-fi complicated nonsense, but it's all glued together with at least some semblance of like an emotional underpinning. Mm. Like uh Leonardo DiCaprio's whole trauma with his wife and his building up of like a memory prison for her. <laughs> yeah, that was is, is like that's genuinely compelling and interesting. Right. Tenet has absolutely no emotional stakes whatsoever. <laughs> it's you don't even get a name for the main guy. His name is just the protagonist. Oh. <laughs> he has no emotional stakes for why he should be doing what he's doing, but their explanation is he's a CIA guy. He just does stuff.
1: <laughs> so why would I watch it? What like?
0: <laughs> it's just the the ideas in it are interesting, but like the story is there's nothing. There's nothing to the story. Mm.
1: Yeah, it's gone even. There's farther a very down cool balance.
0: scene of like they're assaulting this compound, but they're doing what they call a temporal pincer movement, where half of their army is attacking forwards in time and half is attacking backwards in time and a bunch of really weird shit happens because of that <laughs> so like they need to cause a distraction and so they they see the team going backwards in time has just blown up a building but they're about to unblow it up because they're going backwards in time so while that thing's unblowing up they immediately re-blow it up forwards in time <laughs> <laughs> I
1: no <laughs> no thank you I mean, just no thank you um from my end it sounds very interesting but i'll just watch inception again like pink videos well that too um yeah back to hot girl summer
0: oh after. wait we should probably introduce the show first oh. welcome to dusk poppy tall <laughs> etc etc uh i'm your host rain
1: <laughs> and i'm your co-host Brittany. We are two depressed people,
0: and we are soon to be the number one K-pop podcast of all time. Maybe you hear that K-pop debut, Eric Nam. <laughs> We're coming for your ass.
1: Eric Nam is so cute. He's so cute. Like he's just—he's very precious. Like you know, like when that whole—he's like...
0: about to get his shit rocked.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I. I I don't see us pulling too many of his uh his fan base but like I feel like we can create our own. Right.
0: That's fair. That's fair.
1: <laughs> so
0: Anyway, continue. White Girl Summer. No. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> it is very much not that. Uh <laughs> I refuse. Um actually fun little tangent. I I was at work recently because I do work and this, I was training somebody and then we have another lady that comes in and she was talking about stuff and she goes in, she starts with, I mean, black people are like racist towards white people too. And it was at that mm. moment that I realized I was going <laughs> to have a bad day. <laughs> and that was like two, three days ago. And then... America blew up again. Um,
0: as it does. As it,
1: as it tends to do. Um, and I was like, you know, I, maybe I should have known. Maybe I should have known it was coming given the uh, <laughs> the two hours I had to spend arguing with my coworker. Not even arguing, just telling my coworker that black people matter. It was, it was good. It was a good time. But that's why I'm canceling White Girl and White Boy Summer. No more, no more <laughs> white people <laughs> I'm done disrespectfully. no, so what are we um what are we doing today what's our what's our what's our plan
0: oh, so you had a little you had your anecdote and i had I also had one that I wanted to share with you, which is um so in one of my classes I'm teaching like a special uh group of kids that are going to be like assuming coronavirus doesn't destroy the world again sure. they're supposed to be going to like australia Aww. to to practice welding there for some reason. Oh. Um, and so they have, like, a special class where they spend, like, three hours with me three days a week. Mm -hmm. And they're pretty good at English. Love it. So I wanted to, like, challenge them and do some interesting things. So we did a debate class. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Where I had them in teams, and they each had to debate each other on a topic. (laughs) And I just, like, randomly, like, threw a bunch of, uh, (laughs) topics together, like, AI is it going to kill us all or is it going to be the best? <laughs> oh, no. And then you, you like they had to rock paper scissors for who was going to get to like be which side. Mm-hmm. And one of the <laughs> one of the topics I came up with was just like who's the best Blackpink member? And <laughs> they had to rock paper scissors and the winning team was like Jenny. And I'm like, "Okay, oh. other team, you have to pick someone else." And they're like, "No, we're just going to forfeit." <laughs>
1: Yes. <laughs> no, we're just
0: going to pour There's no way we could beat <laughs> Jenny as <is> the best <laughs> member of Blackpink, so we're just giving up on that.
1: <laughs> Aw, Jenny. Well, that's cute. Um, mm-hmm. Welding. Mm-hmm. Welding, though. How old are they? That's
0: what my whole school is all about. They're, they're like 18.
1: okay. I was like... In my head, you worked with very small children. And I was like, who's sending their <laughs> child to Australia to well? <laughs> I was very concerned. But, and I also was like, you're making these small children debate? Like, what are you doing? Got it. They are not
0: small children. They are not. <laughs> also, I have one other thing before we start. What is it? And I think it's something that we've all been wondering. We've all been furiously thinking about Mm -hmm. and wondering, what is the answer? Mm -hmm. And I'm here to give it to you, the definitive list. Thought long, thought hard about this. (laughs) Here we go. Uh Irene, 12 inches. (laughs) Silgy, nine inches. (laughs) Joy, seven inches. Yeri, five inches. Wendy, two inches.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, agreed. (laughs) But I feel like Wendy has like a chub. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, it's like an adorable thing. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> You're right. I was I was up all night thinking about <laughs> that and I couldn't come to an answer. So thank you so much.
0: <sighs> that is the definitive list. Someone added to their Wikipedia page.
1: <laughs> was it was it you? Did you add that to the <laughs> Wikipedia page? <laughs> oh my god. Well That's cute. Um I'll be thinking about that for a while. <laughs>
0: Irene carrying around a monster.
1: Listen. <laughs> I, she, she do have big big dick energy though. Like
0: she really I does. can
1: I can get on board with that. It's I see it i
0: see it <laughs> all right um so uh what do you got for us oh you continuing ongoing brutal deconstruction of k-pop
1: i okay i'd like to reiterate i am a fan of k-pop um, <laughs> i i want to reiterate as much
0: this. as it seems like you're
1: not um I do love it. I just, you know, sometimes we have to to address the things that we love. And today is going to be a little bit of a personal one for me. This is a Grudge from, like, I think it started in 2011. Really heated up in 2014. And I still still (laughs) have to this day. Like, I love this person's music, but I hate, like, I have so much hate for them. But I love their music. So here we go. Do you have any guesses as to who... It might be. It is.
0: 2011.
1: 2011. It was a baby career at that time,
0: though. Mm-hmm. That's that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. I am not quite sure who this is.
1: Okay. Well, he is from a boy group. Um, and he's from Block B. Does that narrow it down for you?
0: <sighs> if I could name two members of Block B, I'd be amazed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, it is the, uh, the rapper that we all know and love, Z-I-Z-I-Co. Oh, should have. Yeah, you should have.
0: <laughs> as the only member that I was going to say. Right? right like, as- <laughs> That's why I said two members. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the other one that you know? That's what I'm saying. I only knew the one. Oh, <laughs> if I could name two, it would be amazing. If
1: I could name two, sorry, I thought I said I thought you said I can only name two, and I was like, wait, because the other one. Um, no, I <laughs> could <can> name one. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, well, it is Zico. Um, and this is again, it's just so hard for me because I I love his music, but let's just get into it.
0: How many n bombs has he dropped?
1: Well. Um, that's our first subject, is uh, his his kind of like solo debut, I guess, Um, I'm Still Fly, which was, if you guys are OG Drake fans, Drake had a song called I'm Still Fly, and he does use, he samples it, and that's where the N-word comes from, but... (laughs) The difference is that Drake is black and Zico is not. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and to be fair, like back in 2011, the internet was alive and well. So like there was backlash over this at that time. Um, people were like, I don't know, man. And he has since apologized. It's definitely been more in the vein of like, we never meant to offend anybody. Uh,
0: we didn't know. Stock standard apology.
1: Yes. And so, I mean, I'm tired of them and I, from, I've just been doing like a little bit of like people's thoughts on, on Zico in general. And a lot of, a lot of fans, specifically black fans are like, yeah, it just wasn't, it's not a good enough apology. Um, especially now but even then like not not a good enough apology mm-hmm. and I mean then there is the other subset of fans who's like well English is not his first language all this kind of stuff and I would like to take us back to the G-Dragon conversation <laughs> <laughs> if you are going to profit from the music of a specific demographic of people I think you need to be careful about what you're doing and if you do make a mistake because it's not your first language there's going to be cultural issues Um, I think you need to own it in a very sincere and genuine way. So, um, anyway, so that was our first, that was the first little toe in. Um, I'm still fly. Then, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think it was 2014, he had a song called Tough Cookie, and he, (laughs) (laughs) he, (laughs) he,
0: I forget how bad some names these songs are. Yeah,
1: it's, oof, early 2010s were, it was, it was not a good time, really, for, it was a great time, but it was also awful, um, but he he had a song called Tough Cookie, and he did, I believe, wear a confederate flag in that video, um,
0: uh, okay,
1: (laughs) yeah, so, to be fair, that probably was not his design choice, um, I'm sure it was a stylist
0: decision. As I've said before, K-pop stars are basically shiny dummies where they're just like, here, put this on.
1: Exactly. So so there's that, which is more of a reflection of his agency and all that kind of stuff than him. But he does say in the song, you're such an F-word bitch. Got him. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So, So I think the, okay, the exact line is rappers these days don't have the skills, so they all have a snapback fetish. You're such an F word bitch. So (laughs) hitting them with the bars there. Um,
0: (laughs) Really loses a lot of its uh, mystique when you just lithely say it (laughs) with no beat underneath.
1: Well, I'm not going to... You don't get that for free. Sorry. Sorry, listeners. You don't get uh, a <laughs> rapping from me for free. So, yeah. So, he faced some backlash from this. And um, they released an apology. Let me find the apology. The song was used in a musical sense. If we had known... Which, of course, it was.
0: What does what that even... Oh, okay. It's,
1: you know... <laughs> If we had known exactly that the word has the meaning of looking down on homosexuals, we would not have used it. I I just... <laughs> here's here's something that I would say. For any person who is learning another language or, or using another language, if you are unsure of what one word means, um, and you have enough <laughs> knowledge to like be able to spell things and all that kind of stuff, look it up. Just look it up. Um... It's pretty easy. The internet is is out there. There's a lot of places where you can get it for free. Just look it up. So, again, people were like, he doesn't speak English. English isn't his first language, so it's not really his fault. He apologized. Whatever. Uh-huh. And then we get into more, more recent stuff, although I forgot that, like, Bermuda Triangle was quite a while ago. So... Did you listen to Bermuda Triangle at all? I loved it. I loved that song.
0: I kind of remember it, but uh, very peripherally.
1: It has two of my mains in it, uh, Dean and Crush, so I
0: was all about it. That would explain why you were more. (laughs) more
1: (laughs) Yes, that that would that would explain it. Um, But then, (laughs) sorry, I just thought about. So Dean has been pretty, like, inactive in terms of his own music. I think he still does, like, songwriting and stuff for people. But a while ago, there was a video of him, like, falling down some stairs. And (laughs) people are like, this is why he disappeared. And it's just so funny to me because the video, I laughed so hard. I felt so bad because I think people falling is funny. And (laughs) I feel like that says a lot about me as a person, but also, like, Was that why he disappeared? And did I contribute to it? Feels like yes. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so Bermuda Triangle, song by Crush, Dean, and Zico. Um, It was Zico's song. And in it, he says something, and I will never forget. um, Never forget this. He says, we're yellow, but I have black soul. (laughs) And I remember hearing that, that line and being like, wait, <laughs> DJ run that back one more time. And I listened to it again and I was like, here's the thing, <laughs> I'm less offended by that than other things, but like, who writes that? Who sits down and is like, you know what? <laughs> I've had issues of being called out <laughs> for racial things in the past. You know what I'm going to say? I have a black soul because I rap what no um anyway that's all happened also uh do you remember um JJ um <laughs> uh JJY Jung Jun Young and his uh. golden phone uh with the whole hidden camera business.
0: Uh You're going to have to remind me.
1: So, we all remember um Burning Sun, the Burning Sun scandal and <laughs> it was <laughs> 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 Um okay, so basically what happened was um A member of Big Bang.
0: Who shall not be named.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He who shall not be named. (laughs) No. Sungri. He owned this bar, I guess, club. And it came out that he was, like, procuring women for people, (laughs) for men. Um, And there was thoughts of like drugging and all that kind of stuff. And during this whole thing, there was like a text chain that came out of women like having pictures and videos taken of them and compromising um, situations without their consent or knowledge. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty bad. And uh, Jung Jun Young was kind of at the head of all of that. So a few years ago, Zico had made a comment and this isn't so much, like, this is just kind of, like, tea. This is kind of gossip. Zico is in 2016. Zico was like, hey, this guy has a golden phone. He's not, They were on a talk show together on a radio star. And Zico was like, yeah, he has a golden phone. And that it wasn't, like, a regular cell phone. It's only used for, like, this messaging stuff. And, um he goes like, "There's a bunch of people on it," and <laughs> um, <laughs> so then he asks Jung Jun Joon Young. He's like, "Do you have that? You don't have that phone anymore, right?" And uh, JJY got pretty uh, concerned and like he looks visibly flustered, um, and he's like, "Yeah, I, d- I do," <laughs> but um. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it was also, like, revealed through this that, like, Zika would, like, take his, he would ask, like, when he went over to Jung Jun Young's, like, house, he would ask where the golden phone was and would, like, look through it. That's the tea. That's the gossip. But the hot goss. Um, but yeah. So, (laughs) it's possible that he has at least been peripherally involved in that whole scandal. Um... Which is really less of him being problematic because we can't save anything for sure, and more of something that I find really interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and also, like I love that, like <laughs> one people remembered this. Like netizens are wild.
0: Oh, they remember everything. The,
1: everything, everything is filmed. Everything saved like crazy. But it, it also cracks me up, like how much he must have been panicking in that moment. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, I have that phone, but like, shut up, dude. And like, Zika was pretty young at the. It's just funny to me. Um, <laughs> so, also, um, he's made some like homophobic. <clears throat> besides, you know, using the F slur in a song, um, like no homo, I'm not gay. Which, like, to be fair, was a thing that was happening all over.
0: That time period yeah. was, you heard that a lot. Yeah.
1: It was wild. Um So that happened. Um, he also was on a show. I don't remember what show he was on where he was like, yeah, my hobby is like talking like rappers or a.k.a. black, <laughs> <laughs> black people. And then he like... My
0: hobby. It's my it's, hobby. I do it for fun. My
1: hobby is appropriating other people's <laughs> culture. Um, yeah. So that's kind of like the whole thing. I have seen threads where they say like he used the N-word on like, I think it was like Twitter or something, some sort of social media. I didn't find anything like that, but I'm not saying it didn't happen because mm-hmm. people were, hey, people were throwing it around. It's Twitter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just... And again, I think people can grow, I think people can change, and something that I wanted to talk about today, I practiced this um, on my car ride home from work, (laughs) is when we talk about being problematic, because okay, here's where this all started, is I was thinking maybe I should start with like, maybe I should do something like with unproblematic K-pop stars, but I really don't like the word unproblematic because it seems to imply that the star has, or whoever we're talking about, has never done anything problematic, which is just not true of any of us.
0: Which is impossible. Yes. Um,
1: Where we were talking about unproblematic really just means that they might have made these mistakes, or publicly or personally, whatever.
0: Um, But they handled it properly?
1: Yes. They they apologized in a sufficient manner and then changed their ways going forward. Um, maybe actually did do some learning and like obviously made a concerted effort. There are some pop stars, <clears throat> K-pop stars who, who make a lot of apologies. Some more than And it just seems like they continue to have to make these apologies. Uh, so I think that it's, I'm not just trying to hate on these people to hate on these people. I just wish there was a little bit more accountability in terms of agencies um, as well as the stars. Because, I mean, most of the stars I'm going to talk about are, at least at this point in time, they have solo careers. Um, they, have like, G-Dragon, nobody tells G-Dragon what to do at this point in time. No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, he's at the top. Yes. Um, Zico has a lot of freedom in terms of like, he could, he could better himself, (laughs) um, and make better choices for himself and his brand, um, and kind of chooses not to. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my little, my little blurb on problematic K-pop stars this week. But I will, if you catch me listening to Zico, I don't want to hear anything about it because I do like his music. (laughs)
0: His music is fine. His music is good. It's
1: good. Well, except for those two songs.
0: Well, talking in generalities, there are all the specifics that (laughs) don't fit.
1: But, um, I just can't stand him. Like, as a person, you know? I feel like we wouldn't get along. Not that I have to worry about that. (laughs)
0: Probably. All right. Well, that was useful to know. I did not know most of those things about Zico.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was a huge Block B fan. Um, (laughs) And it was just always so disappointing. This is in the back in the day when like everything that came up on my YouTube was like p- black bands being like, and we're disappointed again. Like, <laughs> it was just rough, but um, mm. but uh, yeah, <sighs> it's a constant struggle, constant struggle. So, Are we onto my thing now? I think so. I think
0: oh, I'm ready no. to so- run. you so i i i was trying to think of what to do sure and i could talk i've been reading this book called the devil's chessboard which is uh it's a very big book by uh i think david talbot is his name Mm. and it is probably one of the most thorough and comprehensive analysis of like the origins of the cia Oh, <laughs> And it is, I thought about giving you a book report on it, but you would just be like throwing shit at the walls in anger because it is, it is a legitimately upsetting book. And I'm saying that as someone who is so jaded that basically most things don't phase me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't see, I don't see myself putting that on my summer reading list.
0: So instead, I thought I'd focus on one little thing that I noticed... Not really much coverage in the news, okay. but something that I think should, and it uh, concerns a man named Anwar Al Alaki. Are, are you familiar with the man?
1: The name sounds familiar, but I I would not be able to tell you why I know that name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you probably remember this happening. So so all of this goes back to the the defining moment of every person alive. 9-11. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay. So, Anwar al awlaki uh, is an American citizen. He was born in New Mexico. His parents are Yemeni. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, a pretty smart dude. He was a Fulbright scholar, all kinds of shit. Mm-hmm. And after 9-11, he basically, like, he became one of the like very very early kind of uh, apologists for Muslim culture in general. Like the you know the people who are uh... like, nine eleven is not representative of, you know the the Al Qaeda is not representative of Islam. We believe blah 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 blah. Like he was on he was on Fox News and, and like oh a bunch of news stations like having actual interviews to you know try and defend the Muslim community from, you know the absolute insanity that was the Islamophobia of that time.
1: Yes,
0: And he was, he was a fairly, like, I think a thing that people don't really think about is, like, he was a fairly conservative dude. He voted for Bush. Mm. Uh, Mm. He, (laughs) yeah. He, like, he didn't want to have to become this figure. But as time went on, it seemed like he... Was seeing more and more of the government's policies, specifically targeting Muslims, mm-hmm. and he slowly started to turn against the U.S. government. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <jokingly. laughs> well, so he started um, putting out these like uh, these kind of sermons. He was like an imam, basically, even though he had technically no uh, religious training. Mm. Um. But uh, after a whole bunch of stuff, there's a, there's a very detailed report of it in this book called Dirty Wars by Jeremy Scahill. It's very good. It's very long. So I don't have time to get into all of it. But eventually what happens is he <laughs> basically eventually does a full uh, face turn and starts kind of defending Al-Qaeda. <laughs> 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 and like, advocating for jihad.
1: Oh my god! Oh my god! Okay, so we we saw his his like villain, um, like the backstory. Like we saw his creation story on Fox. News. Yes. Okay.
0: <laughs> there was a whole bunch of like very weird stuff about like passports and all kinds of stuff about passport fraud. And eventually, he escaped America and went to live with in his uh, ancestral hometown in Yemen okay uh from there it gets kind of weird uh oh he also spent time in the UK for like a brief period but he goes to Yemen and by now he is a a very not only is he very well known for his like very uh charismatic sermoning that was apparently like very uh influential on a lot of young jihadists Hmm. but he he was never implicated or never like Hard implicated into any actual terror planning, he was more just a propagandist and a spokesman. Sure. <laughs> um, but the CIA just basically put him on their on, on their kill list, and they worked with um, the intelligence service of Denmark <laughs> <laughs> in an elaborate plot to murder him via obtaining him a Danish mail order <laughs> <laughs>
1: Ah, uh, yes. The mail-ordered Danish bride ploy.
0: <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> oh, my So... God. <laughs> so he was basically looking for a wife. He had a wife and a daughter, but he kind of kept them separate from where he was to keep them safe, and mm. he was getting quite lonely. <laughs> sure. So he was looking for he was looking for a a jihad wife. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, wait. I have a question. Yes. Were his wife and daughter like were they um in the country with him or were they back? in Yes, they were staying
0: okay. with his father, I believe.
1: Okay, so they were in. Whereas the same... he
0: was living in like a cave.
1: <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> Tends to be the the going thing.
0: Uh huh. Uh-huh. And so um. Eventually, he put out like internet, <laughs> I guess, ads mm. looking for basically <laughs> a Janani. <John White. laughs> <What>? <laughs> I thought he eventually... was smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing: eventually, he gets okay. into contact with this woman. This woman is like a double agent, some kind of question mark. Her mm. exact anything about her is un- not really that known. But basically, she had a suitcase with her, and that suitcase had, like, a tracking device in it. And so when he went to go meet her, he was just like, no, leave the suitcase, I'll buy you anything you need, just come with me. And so the CIA and the Danish intelligence just immediately lost them. They're like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) She's just gone. She's just gone.
1: (laughs) So they're doing great.
0: You know, you you th- you're asking. You know, I thought he was smart. Well, he's smart enough to outfox <laughs> the idiots of the CIA. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, <laughs> to be fair, it doesn't seem like why would yeah like obviously he would tell her to leave the suitcase. Behind, like, duh. <laughs> okay, so Miss 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 Girl is off with with our main man. Do they fall in love?
0: Apparently. <gasps> <laughs> no, are you serious? She stays with him the whole time until yeah. <gasps> oh my god, That's kind of cute though. <laughs> <laughs> Low key. Um, so eventually, he gets uh, arrested by the Yemen government, and then he, without trial, he's just eventually released. Okay. After he's gone and gone into hiding, the Yemeni government tries him in absentia oh. in 2010. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> and in, um, this is where we get into the Obama administration.
1: Okay. Correct.
0: Now we all remember he wanted to fight a smarter war. <laughs> yes. Which means one thing and one thing only. Droning. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yes. He was a very peaceful president with all of his drone
0: strikes. So, Al-Awlaki was placed on the, the, the CIA kill list for drone strikes. And basically, as an American citizen, you know, you're not supposed to do that. Sure. <laughs> um, and I'm not going to, like, act like a, a shocked lib and be like, oh! <gasps> this is a, a horrible breach in in blah 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 and decorum and this is not how we do things and I'm like, my, my personal thing is, this is exactly how we do things, but most <laughs> of the time we do it in secret. Yeah. This is the first time we've done it out in the open and everyone knows that he is an American citizen, he's not going to get arrested, he's not going to get a trial, he is just going to get blown up one day.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And one day he is blown up. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, not all, but like, you know. Uh,
0: and then two weeks later, mm-hmm. they blow up his 16 year old son, Abdul uh, Rahman.
1: Wait, I thought he had a daughter.
0: He has a son and a daughter.
1: Okay. It's, okay, wait, hold up. The son is that with his. Non- He's non- also living
0: with his. Yes. Okay. His son is 16, living with his grandfather. Okay well that's all and so yeah that was two weeks afterwards the eventually the the US government claims that they were looking for someone else <laughs> uh, they said they were looking for what's the guy's name Ibrahim Albana hmm. who was and I cannot reiterate this enough nowhere near this place <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, but the general
0: American populace does not know that. He was in a cafe with <laughs> his 17-year-old cousin, and they blew up the cafe. Mm, okay, cool. Then, in 2017, under the Donald Trump administration, oh. Devgrew attacks this uh, compound where his, where Aulaki's eight-year-old daughter was living, and she is killed.
1: So, <laughs> okay, go on.
0: <laughs> so, you're probably wondering, why why am I talking about this? Well, as it turns out, uh, not that long ago in the news, I think it was fairly recently, there was a story that came out um, where the Yemeni media released a phone call... <laughs> Between uh, the president of Yemen at the time, Ali Abdullah Saleh, and the director of the CIA, George Tenet, where (laughs) Tenet asked for the release of a prisoner of, and I quote, personal importance. Oh, God. They refused to say the name because Tenet rightly assumed they couldn't trust the phones, uh, but said that they both knew who they were talking about. Okay. And the, the, question, the, the, the questions about al is like his ability to move to other countries very, fairly easily, despite the CIA knowing about him for a long time. Mm-hmm. And the, this, this new uh, release phone call basically is calling people into question of was there a relationship between the CIA and Al-Awlaki? And basically, after they had used him for everything they could, he went into hiding and was immediately killed by the CIA once they had basically used him as much as they could. That is the big question that's being left open. And no one's really going into it. That
1: is a lot. Okay. I'm processing. I just don't see the point of killing his... Like... If we're looking from like a strictly like logical view, I guess I could see the point in killing his son if he's 16 year old, 16 years old, because he can probably like people might listen to him about stuff. I don't know. He might have heard. I don't know. But like, I just did not know anything
0: about his father's activities, basically.
1: Well, but yeah, like what what's the point in killing the children? Like, did they kill his
0: wife? I don't believe so. his wife and his father are still alive.
1: Well, those are the people that you should have and... killed. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, if I just don't see the point in them killing his children, I hate, I hate, I hate it here. <laughs> I hate it.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so, so are we thinking that he became this, um, s- motivational speaker, um, under the direction of the CIA?
0: I don't think so. If I okay. were to spin theories, which this is getting to the point where I have proof of nothing. Mm-hmm. I would say that as a known figure, as as a person that they could they knew who he was, mm-hmm. I would say that they allowed him to do all these things as a means to learn more. So that they mm-hmm. could follow him, figure out where he could get into contact, learn more about the network, and basically use him for. You use him as a bait to, to figure out where else they could get into.
1: Information mining um, mm. until they could mine no more information from him. And then he's dead. And then he's dead. And apparently also his children.
0: hmm Well. <laughs> Someday we'll do a positive episode. <laughs> that day was... will be never. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sad. That's to be fair. Started off sad. Um so we're still in the same vein, but oh that just that's a lot. I -hmm. do think that somebody should write like a nickel Nicholas Sparks novel. About him and his 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 mail order -order. yes. (laughs) I think it would get I mean I think you could make some money off of that which like (laughs) (laughs) yes that seems like an ethical
0: issue it starts off as a a sweet love story of a spy and a jihadist (laughs) and then the midpoint twist of he has a family (laughs) but I love him
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's basically like the first Magic Mike did you ever watch Magic Mike?
0: <laughs> Interestingly enough, no. But I did watch Magic Mike XXL.
1: <laughs> okay, that was the better one because the first one was all fun and like lighthearted and then like got really sad and like went into like I think like drug addiction and stuff in the second half. <laughs> and you were like, "Wait, I was just <laughs> just trying to watch a fun movie about strippers and here I am." Um so, and then it just
0: turned into like stripper boy road trip, and then I was like, all right, all right, all right, all
1: right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like you know you could get him with the with the fun, lighthearted first half, and then yeah, you find out he has a family, and then they all die, and then she's hmm. she's just out there. That is basically
0: a Nicholas Sparks book it except is. you've replaced the terminal terminal illness with drone strikes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's basically, it's a pretty <laughs> lateral move. Like, you know, you're thinking about it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so Nicholas Sparks. We'll get
0: Nicholas Sparks to team up with uh, one of those guys that does, like, uh, airport, like, thriller novels, like Brad yes. Thor.
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, Do you think that we can get them on our next episode? Like, just call uh, them in?
0: <laughs> I think Brad Thor would just get on just to yell at me and call me a communist for three days.
1: Yeah. Which like, would you be offended
0: by that? I wouldn't be offended. I would just kind of get tired of (laughs) it after a while. Yeah. Like, but but my dad likes your books. Doesn't that count for anything?
1: (laughs) Are you French? I know this is out of left court, but are you French? No. Why did I think you speak speak French? French, You speak French that's your whole thing okay um because <laughs> what the hell is going on in france like wh- why why are they the way that they are
0: what do you mean what's the, why are they the way that they're because <laughs> yes, the french just love to reason. do stuff but what are you referring to specifically in france right now
1: the enactment uh the voting in of the policy in which people under 18 i think cannot wear um like head coverings so france which has been a problem for a while in france
0: <laughs> so, so france is basically like the last president they had was um the choice basically boiled down to centrist shithead bank shill versus marine le pen who he, her father was basically just a French Nazi. Um, and so they chose the shithead bank shill, which mm. turns out not a great choice. And so Front National is kind of making a comeback. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, you know, it's not looking good there. Kind of the same way it's not looking good in any of the Western countries right now. What? Um, so yeah, the the there's kind of a big backlash that's going on, uh, particularly against uh, immigrants and Oh, yeah. In particular, Islamic immigrants.
1: There's been... I, I just read... Because they just, like... I mean, they've always been that
0: way, but, like, right. it's becoming even more so now.
1: Things are being 100% voted into law and all that kind of stuff. And um, I've just seen a lot of discourse recently because of the recent vote. Um, and, like, like, mothers can't go on... Um, field trips with their kids if they're going to wear their hijab um it's just a whole there's a whole whole lot going on but people are talking about how like it was all in the name of like liberating (laughs) these women and they say
0: there there's a whole uh thing to be done or said about like the current use of women's liberation and women's rights as a means of cover for ridiculously like draconian and insanely yes. reactionary policies. Like that's not just happening in France. That's happening in America. Oh no. Everywhere. It's, it's kind of wild.
1: It's crazy. And I don't know why, but I always just kind of like, oh, wanna I ignore France. I really do. Cause I just, they just <laughs> kind of exhaust me <laughs> as a people. Um, And I'm already exhausted enough by my my own government, so there's that. But that popped up in the news, and I was like, it's interesting (laughs) to hear people from here be like, it's just so much better in other places. Like, it's so much better in Canada. It's so much better in Europe. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's literally not. They're just maybe quieter about it a little. Like, we're the Florida of the world. We're just
0: loud. Um, We're just (laughs) as weird, but we do not hide it. Right. Um, I, the thing is, I haven't been paying attention to France. I've been more paying attention to what's going on in Northern Ireland right now because it is mm. popping off. My
1: friend lives in, in Ireland, and she's been keeping me abreast of the situation. There's
0: a lot going on. Yeah, the loyalists suck.
1: Well, yes. <laughs> yes.
0: But also, they're too afraid to do anything that beyond rioting because... If the UK government tried to do anything, the boys would get the band back together and the IRAs coming back, baby.
1: Perfect. We've got a lot of songs ready.
0: <laughs> Martin McGuinness isn't that old. He can still throw Molotovs. If he wants. <laughs> He's just like, what, 80? I don't fuck.
1: Hey. <laughs> um yeah, Europe's crazy. Europe, you're your your Europe. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. I I went to public school in the United States, so I have to like double check where I'm talking about when it comes to places. But
0: <laughs> Amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, like when you start throwing words in like the UK, that's when I'm like, I don't know, guys. Do we know do we even know who's still in that
0: Uh, my friend was actually (laughs) talking about this he um, he was basically talking about how basically with what happened interestingly enough everyone has now seemed to have gotten what they wanted except for uh, Scotland yet again because (laughs) during the Brexit vote Wales and uh, England voted leave overwhelmingly and Scotland and Northern Ireland voted majority stay so UK and Wales are leaving. Northern <laughs> Ireland has basically been relegated to to staying in the EU because they're not going to be enforcing uh, any of their Brexit shit until you re- you know reach the border to the actual island of. Uh. Mm-hmm. And so the only one who's gotten fucked over is Scotland yet again, who's being <laughs> dragged kicking and screaming by the UK or by <laughs> England and Wales into leaving. <laughs>
1: Oh Scotland. <laughs>
0: I said it before and I'll say it again. This is what happens when you try and colonize Panama.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean <laughs> Don't do it,
0: folks. Don't do don't. You'll go into debt, you'll you'll bankrupt your entire country, and then Britain will come in and be like, come join our union. <laughs> and then you'll be like, This is a bad idea, but I have no money. <laughs>
1: I mean, I feel like we could just stop at, like, stop trying to colonize places.
0: Just That's fair. But, I mean, like, everyone was doing it. It was fashion at the time. <laughs> Nobody was it doing was- anything in Panama because it was a swamp-filled hellhole.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure. I mean, I get it. We've all jumped on the bandwagon at some point in time. Except for... <laughs> I- I don't know. It' not we all. a A lot of white people have.
0: White people.
1: Whites. It's not an episode of Daske Popital if I don't call out the whites.
0: <laughs> so there you have it. Quote a fulfilled episode over. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 <laughs> i us go. let